Will Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos bounce back this week against the Detroit Lions? We take a look at some Broncos fan suggestions that the team should lose out the remainder of the season. We talk about why that is not the case and why it shouldn't be the case, not to mention we dive into a wide variety of other topics on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Like, could the Broncos make a change at the returner position with Deontay Spencer? We break it down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us covered the Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there on location. They're the official hospitality partner of the NFL, and it's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package, and you can visit on location exp.com com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. And once again, Lockdown Broncos is available free and everywhere you get your podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. If you want to watch us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Sarah, my friend, great to see you here once again. Obviously, our mailbag yesterday presented a lot of interesting questions, some interesting responses, which are really going to focus on kind of our topic of the day here. There's some Broncos fans out there that want the team to tank, that want them to lose. And I think that we're going to present a really good reason why that is laughable at best and why that's just not the case, why no team will openly do that. Yeah, you know, some great topics like that one, Cody, spilling into today. I'm doing really well, having a really good day. I know these, there's a lot of people trying to bring it down out there right now. There's a lot of people being super negative and talking like the Broncos aren't still in the playoff race here in December, which, you know, we got to enjoy it. It's been a while. So uh, all things considered, very good day. Going to get a workout in later today and Man. just get the juices flowing. So it's a good day. So let's let's open up. Obviously, we, we got some responses on Twitter, and there were some people, even on the YouTube comment section, that said that they hope that the Broncos lose out the rest of the way for playoff. Uh, I mean, not playoff, but draft positioning. And Sarah, I, I think this is one of the worst things about football. I, I think that these arguments get thrown out there. And not to talk smack about anybody in Broncos country, but – you root for the team so that they can win, right? You complain because they lose, but if they openly go out and they choose to lose, what does that do for an organization? The Broncos have never been and never will be an organization that's just going to lay down and just give up on the season. We're talking about a team that has one more win than they did last year. They, they've won more games this year than they have in the last two seasons under Vic Fangio, and the talent is there. When you watch the team on the field, minus quarterback, minus the offense's slow progressions, you see a talented football team. I don't understand why fans think that losing games is going to help the team because in reality, it doesn't. That's right, Cody. And you mentioned draft positioning. And I think a lot of other people, too, are, are just afraid that this coaching staff might maintain a status quo if they win enough games this year, which is so funny to me. I mean, cheering against the team success is so fascinating. I think everybody has a good enough perspective at this point, Cody. Look, remember back in the John Fox and Jack Del Rio days and, and John Fox, you know, after that Super Bowl 48 loss, which, by the way, Joe Buck took a great dig at Peyton Manning for that one on the Monday night Manning cast. But after that Super Bowl loss, you know, in the 2014 season, they kind of gave John Fox one last chance and and then they fired him, essentially. You know, I don't think that was ever reported that way. I think it was kind of a mutually agreed apart ways. But, 
it, let's be honest, John Fox was fired that offseason. And the Broncos have been willing to do that. I know it's not John Elway making that call anymore. But, man, if you're worried about the team's willingness to move on from a head coach or certain coaches, assistant coaches, whatever the case may be, based on the team's success, I think that's a little bit silly. Just because they win a string of games doesn't mean, you know, you're going to completely erase everything that we've seen up to this point, right? So yeah. I feel like that's one of the the things that, I mean, we can we can understand where you're coming from in that. You want to see changes on the coaching staff, but rooting for losses is the worst possible way to get there. I mean, we, we won a lot of games. Eight games is a lot, you know, and won the division back in 2011 with Tim Tebow at the quarterback position. Did that prevent the Broncos from going out and, and pursuing Peyton Manning or pursuing nope. alternative quarterbacks? No, it didn't. They still went after him, even though they had success as a team with Tim Tebow at the quarterback position. So you could point to a number of different situations, Cody, I think, where this fear of the, the team not being willing to move on from the coaching staff is just – it's unfounded. George Payton, you know, he, he came in, he brought fresh eyes to this team. That's what – Remember John Elway said he wanted someone who's going to bring fresh eyes. And I feel like I feel like George Payton has done that in a lot of ways. And just because He's he hasn't fantastic. He has. He has. And just because he hasn't made wholesale changes immediately doesn't mean that he's not getting ready and getting poised to kind of do his own thing in terms of the coaching staff. So I feel like rooting for losses in general is just lame. I mean, the draft is a crapshoot as it is, as you and I were talking about before the show, Cody. So and you made a really good point about the current draft order and where certain teams sit. And I think that just enhances this argument even more that rooting for losses for draft positioning or coaching staff or whatever is just silly. Oh, yeah, not to mention the Giants have two first-round picks ahead of the Denver Broncos. The New York Jets have two first-round picks ahead of the Broncos. The Philadelphia Eagles, who are ahead of the Broncos right now in terms of, like, top 10 positioning, they have three first-round draft picks this year. So there, there isn't much to invest on here, not to mention if the Broncos are going to make a run at a certain guy in Green Bay, they're going to give up all, most of their draft picks, probably from this year's draft, a couple from next year's in order to obtain him. So I, I don't necessarily believe that. But you actually made a great point. We were talking about it, and, and you had said that winning should make you more attractive to possible quarterback additions in the offseason not to mention that but also winning means that your team's young core which we know the Broncos have it's excelling yeah exactly and that's another thing too is if you're rooting for the team to lose right now that means that you're rooting for the current players that are in place to play poorly because the the Broncos are good enough to beat good teams we've seen that and we've seen them play well you know, I would say complete games at least a couple of times this season. You know, even if the, a few of them were against lesser opponents, they put together some good performances against the Cowboys, the Chargers. So I, I think if you're rooting for losses, it means to me, you know, at least from from the way that I perceive that comment is that you want these young players that are playing well right now to yeah. start playing poorly. You know, you don't want Javante Williams scoring touchdowns. You don't want Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick and Noah Fant scoring touchdowns and some people may honestly not want that which is insane and if it was if it was me getting to make the decisions and I'm president of Broncos country I'd say turn in your fan card for that one but you don't want to see Patrick Sertan pick sixes you don't want to see you know Stephen Weatherly and Bradley Chubb and, and Jonathan Cooper getting sacks off the edge I mean that's insane you don't want to see Justin Simmons get a pick six this season he doesn't have one yet I mean if you want the team to lose to me, those are the things that you're rooting against. And so I just, I find that to be insane. And of course the team success is going to lead to the team being more desirable to the veteran QBs. Like you said, Cody, if the Broncos are going to be desirable as a destination, they've got to be 
in games. The draft picks are, are ir- the, the Los Angeles yeah. Rams traded basically irrelevant draft picks to the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford. Teams don't necessarily care about that. Draft picks are overvalued anyway. And, and so I, I feel like that's just, that's my soapbox on this one, Cody. I would definitely say if you're rooting for losses, you got to rethink that stance. I agree with you, too, because that's one of the frustrating things from somebody who's played the game, someone who's coached it. I've never understood that mentality that we want the team that we root for to lose. Like, you get nothing out of it, and and people complain about the losses. Look, it's not fun losing games. And look, the Broncos, they have, obviously, their issues are evident, and it's really on the offensive side of the ball. We've seen the defense start to turn things around. Yes, there's areas of coaching that could be absolutely better, but I agree with you. If you're rooting for the team to fail, I mean, why do you why do you even watch? Why do you tune in to uh, watch the Broncos on Sunday? That, that that's a great point there, sir. I think you made some great points. Love it. Broncos country, let us know what you think in the comment section down below on YouTube. But coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I are going to talk about whether or not the Denver Broncos should make a change at the kick returner or punt returner position with Deontay Spencer, considering the teams and the unit struggles there specifically. But before we do that, let me tell you about one of the sponsors. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos are good friends over there on location, and this is perfect for you if you want to make it out to L.A. to watch Super Bowl 56. And is it too early for us to start talking about the Super Bowl? Can we talk about getting out of Denver for the winter and heading west to Los Angeles for Super Bowl 56. It's at SoFi Stadium and less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl experience and ticket package. You can select your exact seats and you get to choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food chefed up by the great Wolfgang Puck. And visit on location EXP dot com slash SB five six today for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp dot com slash SB five six or search Super Bowl on location. I have a Super Bowl feeling about this season and let's get there with on location and want to give a shout out to our good friends over there. BetOnline.ag and BetOnline has you covered for all season with more props, odds and lines than ever before as football season continues its march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all sports action this season. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive that bonus here today. 50% welcome bonus using promo code locked on from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Sarah, continue on in today's episode, Locked on Broncos. We're talking with Broncos country here now about the kick returner, punt returner position for the Broncos. I think a lot of it goes back to Sarah, not just what we saw against the Kansas City Chiefs. There was one play where Deontay Spencer's back there. He fielded it inside the five-yard line, which on that one, Vic Fangio said in his Monday press conference, he shouldn't have filled to that one. He was just probably trying to press, trying to make a play happen. It didn't work out. Then there's the muff punt, which I'm not going to totally blame Deontay Spencer for that. I think that Caden Stearns you know, was in bad position there, being in front of the guy, the gunner, because all the gunner did was shove Caden Stearns into him. And Vic Fangio made a great point. I want to make I want to make this clear visually here for the viewer and obviously those who are listening at home who make Lockdown Broncos their first listen of the day. When you are covering a gunner on punt return, the idea is to get in his hip pocket, right? You want to get on his side. You want to get on his hip. You don't want to get behind him because that's where you're going to get a block in the back or an illegal, you know, pushing him from the back. You don't want to be too far in front of him because then he can cut inside. But if you can somehow 
get into that hip pocket and you can squeeze it down. If you're running downfield and you're in that hip pocket and you see your returner directly in front of you, you can hedge. You can shove him with the side of your arm. You can use your hand on the hip pocket to move him out of the way or to shield him from the returner. That's just something that Caden Stearns will just have to continue to get better on in terms of reps. This was really the big first time negative play I think we've seen on special teams this year from the return aspect of a muffed punt, changing field position from that standpoint. Uh, But this also goes to, back to the fact, should the Broncos maybe make a switch at kick returner or punt returner because we just haven't seen a lot out of Deontay this season or for the Broncos return unit? It's a great point, and that's a great breakdown of that play, Cody. And certainly Deontay Spencer doesn't deserve 100% of the blame for that play. And, of course, he hasn't done a ton of fumbling or muffing returns. That's been a, actually – that was one of the reasons why he was such a godsend for the team back in 2019 when he came aboard is because he was actually good at catching punts and fielding punts because the Broncos, for the longest time, struggled to find guys that could even – do that which is amazing but i feel like george payton has been kind of stockpiling guys on this roster cody to potentially you know maybe make this move at some point or another and one thing that's really cool that i think people should know about is and this is something that we've touched on before is basically with every player on the practice squad you've got two free opportunities every season now to promote guys to your active game day roster and allow them to be part of your active players without going against your 53-man roster count. So the Broncos have a couple of guys on their practice squad, Cody, that I think would be really interesting. First and foremost, uh, DeMornay Pearsonell, a guy that they kept after the preseason, was kind of a late addition to the team anyway, but he was outstanding as a punt returner back at Nebraska, especially in his freshman year, had three punt return touchdowns for the Huskers that year. And he did a lot of good returning. You know, if you for those who are deep roster divers like me, in the preseason and in training camp and things like that. DeMornay personnel had a couple of really good returns when he was a member of the Raiders as well during preseason action. So to me, he's a great option. And then you've got guys like Rico Gafford would be kind of like a dart throw. I think he's probably the fastest guy on the team, runs a sub 4-3 in the 40-yard dash, a former defensive back from Wyoming who converted to the wide receiver position in the NFL, another former Raiders guy. He's got big-time speed, so why not put him back there and see what he could do? And then in the kicking game, I think you've got some options as well. Maybe Mike Boone, now that he looks fresh, he looks healthy. Maybe Tyree Cleveland coming back. I mean, there's there's so many different options. I think George Payton has kind of assembled this group that, you know, you got a couple of free passes with those practice squad guys. Maybe give them a shot. Well, I also think, too, we talk about offensive involvement, right? Deontay Spencer, I will say, against the Kansas City Chiefs, he was used as that decoy motion guy several times here for the Broncos. That was kind of that K.J. Hamler role that they envisioned this year for K.J. Unfortunately, obviously, we know he's out for the entire season with the ACL. His recovery is going really well, going through the rehab process. So he's making progress, and he should be ready for the start of next season, sir. So that's some good news for Broncos country. An interesting name out, right? Because often at times, you do see Deontay Spencer back to return kicks. It's very rare he ever gets to kick one, but some teams at the beginning of the season were actually kicking it short and forcing the Broncos to return because the Broncos coverage unit simply just wasn't getting the job done. So they wanted Denver's offense to start off on minus field position. So we're talking before the 25, right? The standard touchback goes to the 25. They're kicking it short because their coverage units are getting down there. Denver's aren't blocking well enough and there's no good return. So sometimes the Broncos will start on the 16. That's not an ideal situation for them. But I, I like the idea of maybe Mike Boone as a kick return option here for the Broncos because I think at this point of the season, Sarah, you have to really evaluate your roster. What does this guy add to us, right? Okay, if it's just as a return aspect, maybe it doesn't add a lot of value. But I'm talking about 
Mike Boone, we saw what he can do. He's flashy, he's speedy, and he's hard to bring down. He, he keeps running off, so you bring it home. The angry runs alongside Quinn Miners on Good Morning Football. But on punt return, I think Kendall Hinton's probably the option there because Kendall Hinton's playing offensive reps, not as many as Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Corlin Sun, but he's in there in the rotation. Why not get him more reps as a punt returner, help him solidify his spot? And then maybe you can bring up other guys where you can use them on special teams, maybe in other roles outside of just return, like, for example, where Deontay Spencer is at. I don't think Spencer will be back on the roster after the season. I just think that, you know, unfortunately, we haven't seen enough big plays out of him. And in the NFL, when you're a returner, you have to have that dynamic there. So I think that's very interesting. I think those are some interesting names you brought up in terms of the Broncos practice squad. Certainly, you want to see what some of these guys can have and if there's anything. Because you you mentioned something about roster building and deep diving and going back. George Payton is the same exact way. So there's stuff that George Payton knows that maybe we don't necessarily know just yet. I always believe that George Payton has a plan. So far, he's proven us to have trust in him, have faith in him. I think Broncos fans should as well. So Love seeing that out of the Broncos. And they just need that explosive element in the return game, sir. They just haven't had that this year. And you did bring up Tyree Cleveland. The Broncos had waived him last week. They brought him back on the practice squad as of Tuesday. So that's obviously a good sign for Tyree Cleveland. But you want to see what you can get out of him as well. So maybe elevate him. Maybe you make the decision to go away from Deontay Spencer and, and go with other guys here. I certainly think it's up for debate in Broncos country. Let us know in the comment section on YouTube or on Twitter if you agree or disagree with us and what option you'd have as a kick returner or punt returner. And please do not say Javante Williams, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't do that. You're going to get me <laughs> fired up here uh, a little bit too early on. But coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I are going to talk about who will have a bounce-back game against the Detroit Lions this upcoming weekend or who needs to in a big-time fashion. Plus, could the Broncos be getting Bryce Callahan back? We break that down coming up here in just a minute. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, are good friends over there at Built Bar. As you know, the best-tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. It's got amazingly low calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but they're very high in protein, and you get the best of both worlds, both healthy and delicious. And they have so many different flavors like peanut butter, brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies, and cream. The list goes on and on, plus the occasional limited time flavor at Built.com. And Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need. As I mentioned, 17 grams of protein, ladies and gentlemen, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. It's perfect if you're just getting out of a workout or if you need something before you go work out and you burn some carbs, burn some calories. Built Bar is fantastic for you. And if you're friends with Santa, have him throw a couple of boxes of Built Bar into your stockings this holiday season by going to Built.com, ladies and gentlemen. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use promo code LOCKED15. You know what that's going to do for you? That's going to give you 15% off your next order at built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off your next order at built.com. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just a reminder, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day on your favorite podcasting providers. Lockdown Broncos is available for you free there, and you can also watch us on YouTube, as you're probably doing right now by going to YouTube, searching Lockdown Broncos. If you have yet to subscribe, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You turn on notifications so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news content and coverage. There is no offseason for the true fan, and Sarah and I, we are here all year long. But Sarah, my friend, hey, the Broncos could be getting some reinforcements back this week. And this is a big week, right? The Broncos sitting at six and six, coming off of a disappointing loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, where if the offense played better, they have a real legitimate chance to win that game here. Now you come back home and you're taking on a Detroit Lions team that got their first win of the season. They've been competitive this season, but they're dealing with a wide variety of injuries. Obviously, DeAndre Swift is out with a shoulder injury. That was a big blow to their offense. Jared Goff has just had a horrific season for the Lions. You know, he had a good bounce back game against the Minnesota Vikings last week, but 
for the most part, this is an opportunity for the Broncos to get right because you have the Detroit Lions, you have the Cincinnati Bengals, you have the Las Vegas Raiders. Sarah, the Broncos can – these next three games, they're very winnable for them, right? And I know we want to preach one game at a time, one week at a time. I'm very guilty of that. But I'm just saying if the Broncos' offense can play better and the defense keeps playing the way that it is – Denver has a chance to win nine games this season at least, Sarah. And I think that Broncos fans are overlooking that because it's so doom and gloom, right? The latest loss has us down in the dumps. They're still in it, right? You you put a tweet out, I think it was yesterday, we're six and six until we ain't. So Denver still has a chance here. And I think that, you know, these next three games are going to be so big for them. What are your thoughts really on kind of what we're expecting to see and who we hope can bounce back against the Lions this Sunday? Definitely, Cody. Some some really good points. And yeah, it's crazy to think that, you know, based on the, what we talked about in our first segment, you would have no idea that 11 victories is still attainable for the Broncos <laughs> if they were to win out this season. I mean, that sounds How crazy. How crazy would that be? That would be that would fantastic. Be, that would be so much fun. I, and that, to me, that's why you root for the wins, because that is possible. You know, it, it's not impossible at this point. What's impossible is maybe the Detroit Lions making the playoffs but and so for this game you know and I'm I put this out on Twitter during Sunday as well watching the Lions and Vikings game I'm like I don't want to play the the Lions coming off of another loss I don't want to be the team that they go up against still winless and get their yeah. first win of the season pressure I think, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of pressure there and I think for the Lions you know the longer they went without a win the more they're playing with house money of course they're playing really hard for Dan Quinn they wanted to get him that first victory of the season and you could tell that in a week in week out basis Every time I flip on the red zone on a Sunday afternoon, you know, the Lions are in it until the fourth quarter, pretty much. And so I feel like that's a product of them really trying to get off that schneid, you know, that proverbial schneid. It's not that they haven't been blown out this season because they have, but at the same time, you don't want to take them on coming off a loss. And I think for the people that talk all about, oh, the Broncos always play really good against these bad teams. They're, They're lucky they played the Jets and the Giants and the Jaguars the first week. I'm like, okay, well. You know what? Now you got the Detroit Lions. Now you yeah. got an opportunity to really, like you said, get right against them. And I think the first and foremost player on this roster that has to bounce back, it's Teddy Bridgewater, man. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Huge. He has to come back out and have a big game. He was the guy that let everyone down against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like you said, if the offense plays better, the Broncos maybe beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, coming off a bye on an 11-game losing streak, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Teddy didn't do it. Teddy didn't get the job done. He threw picks going into that game. He had, what, what the three-interception game against Las Vegas and then a couple of other INTs sprinkled throughout the season. I don't think anybody in this game ha- has to have a bigger bounce back than Teddy B. He's got to have, in my opinion, he's got to go out there, Cody, and he's got to do what he did exactly against the Chargers. You got to be 100% in the red zone. Got to be efficient and effective on third down. And you got to start spreading the ball to these wide receivers, man. It's getting so frustrating. I can't imagine how Chiefs fans felt the year that Alex Smith didn't throw a single touchdown pass oh to his wide gosh, receivers. Oh my I remember that. Yeah, we'll never let them live that down. I don't care how good they are now. I don't care who won the more recent Super Bowl. You had an entire season where you didn't throw a touchdown to the wide receiver position. So to me, Cody, Teddy B is the number one guy that has to bounce back if we're going to beat Detroit on Sunday afternoon. He needs to bounce back. I mean, I don't think it's negotiable, and it's to the point now. If the Broncos' offense struggles against the Detroit Lions, look, I understand it. Here's the deal. I understand that there's this double-sided sword. Here's the deal, Broncos country. There is no option, right? There's Teddy Bridgewater. There's Drew Locke as the backup. It's going to be either one of those guys that has to go in and play. Now, for Teddy Bridgewater, is he protecting the football? He has for the most part this season, but we started to see him throw a little bit more interceptions. The two interceptions he threw against KC – 
those were the most reckless throws I think we've seen him make all season long. It really was. And not to mention, he's just scared to attack downfield. Every pass that we saw for the most part in that second half was thrown three yards or shorter. There was no pass down 10 yards or more. And we saw even on a free play, he almost he threw a check down there, but he almost dirted it on a free play. On a free play, take the shot. How many times has Aaron Rodgers beaten teams just because of the fact that they jump off sides, he has a free play, and he just chucks it, they come down with a touchdown, and that makes a huge difference in the outcome of their games. Denver has no downfield threat, and obviously we talked about Noah Fant and how he's not being utilized right in this Broncos offense. His production is basically because of quarterback and because of scheme. Same thing with Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. And I will tell you this, Broncos country, there is no way, no way in hell George Payton is sitting up there in his office or sitting up there in the box during the game. He's watching how the offense is playing after signing Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick for these massive deals, having Jerry Judy on a rookie deal, having KJ Hamler on a rookie deal coming back next season off ACL, still having Noah Fant in a prime position. He's not thinking about, okay, you know what, we're just going to keep rolling with Teddy. He's thinking about, we have to go out there and we have to get a quarterback that can get these guys the ball. George Payton is going to do that. I mean, every move that he has made has indicated that is what he's going to do. Right now, the Broncos, unfortunately, they're rolling with Teddy, which, look, at this point, I don't know how beneficial it is, but also with Drew Locke, we don't know how beneficial it is because they're not giving him reps during the week in practice in case something were to happen to Teddy. And that's something that Vic Fangio mentioned a couple weeks ago is that they have to find a way to get him more plays. That way he can be more prepared to step in if he is needed to. But if a change hasn't happened already, sir, I don't see it happening at all. Oh, no, definitely not unless it's for injury, right? And, and especially after the way Drew came in and played against the the chargers and, yeah. and teddy thankfully came in and he had a gutty performance i think you know coming off that bye week and the bad taste in his mouth against philadelphia but yeah you're right if, if drew needs to come in and play and he's not getting any reps in practice that's that's certainly not helping anybody and it's so fascinating how different things are with the two different guys at the quarterback position like the offense is not necessarily scoring the ball at a way higher rate with Teddy Bridgewater despite all of Drew Locke's flaws last season and his interceptions and yeah. things like that and and Teddy's out and the interesting thing today I saw uh, Broncos Insight on Twitter posted a side-by-side -side of the statistics for these two guys and at at the same point 12 games you know with Teddy and with Drew I believe Drew had 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 19 sacks taken. Teddy has 16 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 28 sacks taken. So you almost exactly split the difference between Drew Locke's interceptions and Teddy Bridgewater's sacks. And I think that he takes a lot of needless sacks as well. So And that, that could lead to Drew Locke coming out onto the field, you know, which – uh, obviously, the last time the Broncos played the Detroit Lions was one of Drew Locke's better games yeah. as a professional. So, you know, I, I would love to see just any sort of sustained success from the offense. I could care less if, at this point if the Broncos utilize their quarterbacks like a pitching staff in baseball. I don't care how no. they do it. I don't, I don't care who gets the credit. I just want the offense to move the ball and get into the end zone consistently. And I think you make a great point there because Broncos country, we're not sitting here trying to make a point for Drew Locke. We're not sitting here trying to make a point for Teddy Bridgewater. I think where both Sarah and I are sitting, and I hope this is where Broncos country is sitting, we're hoping that the offense just plays better. Regardless of who's at quarterback, whoever's operating it, they have to play better because they're responsible for orchestrating the offensive flow. They're responsible for getting the team downfield. And that's what I think ultimately everybody wants to see. This has an offensive unit all across the board that is way too talented to be as mediocre in terms of 
statistical production as they are. Benjamin Albright put something out there as well because it was brought up. Jerry Judy doesn't have a single touchdown on the year. Matter of fact, the Broncos, I believe, they only have six total or seven total touchdowns Mm -hmm. combined between them. And there are 13 players in the NFL right now individually that have six or more touchdown receptions. That is insane, and I think it just speaks volumes to where this team is at. The offense is the clear-cut issue. The defense has areas and holes where they need to improve. No doubt about that. But the defense has been giving the Broncos every chance, I think, to win games. And when the offense has a lead, Teddy Bridgewater's fine because guess what? You're handing the ball off. You're not taking too many unnecessary chances downfield. But the Broncos have to be able to test the field. They have to be able to take chances. And I just don't know if Teddy's going to be that guy. I know we've talked about this, Sarah. I, I mean, I don't even care, honestly. I don't even care if Brett Rippon beca- comes in and is the quarterback for the team down the stretch here. I really don't because I know Brett's a smart guy. He doesn't have the big-time arm, but you know what? He's going to be, I think, a manageable solution for where the Broncos are at. He just can't force it the way he did against the Jets on Thursday night football. But there's things maybe that the Broncos do. I don't know. I mean, we're just spitballing here. But I think the reality is the quarterback situation – it's far from solved, sir, and I think that we're going to figure it out this offseason. George Payton's going to go into it and say, look, we need to address it right here, right now. I think he's going to do that. So, Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Tomorrow's episode of the show, we're going to have a crossover with Matt Gary, host of the Locked on Lions podcast. We're going to preview the game from all aspects, some of the storylines that the Lions are going through the season, Broncos storylines, and then we're going to talk about a tale of the tape, a little bit of a preview at the matchup against this Detroit Lions football team on Sunday at Power Field at Mile High, Sarah Bettinger, and myself. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode Locked on Broncos.